They're calling it a fourth wave of COVID-19 here in the United States. We've got another surge uh, in Florida alone. The Department of Health has reported uh, a significant jump in cases. Now they've started reporting the numbers by a week-by-week basis. The previous week was 23,000. The most recent week reported just today, uh, jumping to 45,000 new coronavirus cases here in Florida. The positivity rate climbing from just under 8% to 11.5% today. They're calling it a fourth surge. It's really scary. All centered around this uh, Delta variant of the virus. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the vaccines here on Not in the Mood. We've talked a lot about the, the, the debate over whether or not to get vaccinated. Uh, here in Florida, what they did first was they made the vaccine available to seniors, and then they made it, uh, they opened it up rather to, to younger people. Now, anybody over the age of 12 can get it. Uh, I have been vaccinated myself. I got vaccinated back in April. We've talked about that at length, but there are still people who have not. Among them, my mother, over 65, overweight, smoker, She's already had a stroke. So she's got four strikes against her. And for some reason, she will not get vaccinated against the virus. You've got your options. You can go with the Johnson & Johnson one dose. You can go with the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine. That's two doses. Uh, they say the Pfizer and the Moderna uh, protect you a little bit better than the, the Johnson & Johnson. Nonetheless, all the experts uh, are in agreement here that the vaccine will significantly increase your chances of surviving from COVID. And I don't understand why, like everything else in this country uh, that is even remotely controversial, it becomes a political thing. And depending on where you are on uh, the political spectrum, basically determines whether or not you're going to get vaccinated. And we've got the Surgeon General this week saying that misinformation being shared on social media, fake news, another topic we've discussed here at length on Not in the Mood, uh, is to blame for these lower vaccination rates in rural areas uh, and places where folks are not getting vaccinated. And lo and behold, it's in these areas of the country where we're seeing the Delta variant going rampant. And we're seeing this uh, huge increase in cases. And it's getting scary. They're calling it a fourth wave. I'm telling you, if we don't get this thing under control, they're going to lock everything down again. And then it's back to hiding in our homes. I mean, a few weeks ago, all the headlines were life is returning to normal. Uh, sporting events. You can, you can fill stadiums again. And it's these people who are not vaccinated who are now spreading the disease. And this is going to sound like an incredibly insensitive take, but this is how I feel about it. At this point, if you're not vaccinated and you catch COVID-19, it's natural selection. It's God's way of culling the herd. And if you're one of these people who is not going to get vaccinated, I'm sorry, but you deserve what's coming to you. And this has become personal for me, not just because my mother's not vaccinated, but I have a next door neighbor, sweet little old lady. I think she's 78. She's now in the intensive care unit with COVID and she wouldn't get vaccinated. We've talked about it at length. She didn't believe in it. Wasn't, wasn't comfortable getting the vaccine. She didn't get the vaccine despite me begging her for months. And now she's in the ICU and I may never see her again. I don't want that for my mother. I don't want that for anybody that I care about. I don't want that for anybody that you care about. But we got to be honest with ourselves at this point. The vaccine is readily available. And if you haven't taken the vaccine and you get sick and you get really sick, who do you have to blame? Now, again, here in Florida, we took a seniors first approach. 
vaccinating the most vulnerable pe- vulnerable people first. I I think that's the way to go. But there are still seniors out there who have not gotten vaccinated. And unfortunately, like my dear neighbor, Miss Patricia, we may not see her again. And I, for the life of me, I can't wrap my head around why this, just like the environment, just like other topics we've discussed here, has become political. Now, I don't know about you, but when I want medical advice, I talk to a doctor. I talk to my physician who has been treating me for 10 years. He told me to get vaccinated. I have a very good friend of mine who's a physician. He's conservative. He got vaccinated. I asked him if I should. He said, yes, you should. I got vaccinated. And it wasn't anything that I heard on talk radio that convinced me to do it. It wasn't anything I read on the internet that convinced me to do it. It was two conversations I had with two physicians that I trust. And I don't understand why people can't trust the science. I listen, you, you, can, you can criticize Anthony Fauci however you want. That guy has gotten it wrong. He's backpedaled. He's reversed position on all sorts of things. And if you want to blame Anthony Fauci, be my guest. But there are millions of other doctors who are saying the same things about the vaccine. And I'm afraid that if we don't get this under control... I think lockdowns are right around the corner. They're doing it in other parts of the country. And if we don't get control of this situation, we're going to find ourselves right back where we were in the spring of 2020. Now, if you're not going to take it from me, take it from my next guest. She is an epidemiologist. Her name is Dr. Pia McDonald. She works for RTI International. She's got 25 years experience researching infectious diseases. And for those of you who don't know what an epidemiologist is, Dr. McDonald is going to explain. An epidemiologist is a scientist who looks at disease in populations. So a medical doctor looks at disease and sickness in individuals. An epidemiologist look at disease and sickness and trends in populations. And I have no doubt this coronavirus pandemic has given you all kinds of things to watch. Uh, what have you learned about the COVID-19 virus in the last 18 months? It's been incredibly enlightening to look at science progress over the course of this pandemic. So when we started in January 2020, really when the COVID-19 problem in China was coming to light, we understood that it was a novel form of the coronavirus pathogen. So coronavirus is a known virus. We knew a, a bit about coronavirus. We knew that it caused, for example, the common cold. We also knew that there had been outbreaks of coronavirus before, for example, the original SARS outbreak in that started in Guangzhou, China in 2002, and then we had seen the emergence of the Middle East respiratory virus caused by um, a a form of coronavirus. So we have seen um, normal, uh, or I would say normal year-to-year coronaviruses in our population, and we have also seen these emergent forms of coronavirus, first in, in China, um, the SARS virus, and then again, the Middle East Respiratory vi- uh, uh, Virus, or MERS. 
emerge. And those, those, both the original SARS and then the MERS virus were really novel forms of this coronavirus um, that we had seen, you know, known about for many, many years. But with the, with the advent of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, we saw yet another very dangerous form of coronavirus emerge and then rapidly expand across the globe. And at that time, we did not have full understanding of that form of coronavirus. We did not have full understanding of the spectrum of disease it caused. We did not have um, a good understanding of the transmission around that new virus from person to person and among people. So there were many, many unknowns early on in um, in 2020. And, and over the course of the last 18 months, we've really seen progress on understanding transmission, understanding what the virus um, is made of, and then understanding of this complex disease that that is a result of being infected with the virus. And a lot of those elements have been very, very new. On top of that, we've had this incredible speed of a vaccine being produced that can mitigate the, the disease outcomes for coronavirus infection. So we, you know, you, we, we now have a vaccine where if you are infected with this virus, the vaccine ensures that you will not get severely sick from the virus and die from the virus. Now, I have a lot of questions about the vaccine. We'll get to those. But let's talk about the virus itself, uh, the particular strain, the COVID-19 strain, and the numerous variants that have emerged in the last 18 months. Kind of bring me up to speed where we are. Obviously, the Delta variant is the one that's getting the most attention now, but it's one of many. Right. So with, with viruses, it is common for viruses to mutate over time. And we've seen that with, with multiple different viruses over the course of human history. With this virus, it is, it is, it mutates very rapidly. And, and again, because the transmission is, is, um, it's a very transmissible virus. We see these variants and, uh, spread rapidly. So there are variants of concern and there are variants of interest. The variants of concerns are ones that are, are, are potentially more dangerous, um, f- for us. And Delta variant is one of those. So, we have seen Delta variant emerge, and then we've seen that the Delta variant is more transmissible, as in one person has a chance of infecting many more people than the earliest version of coronavirus that was spreading in the United States. So, for example, if you look at the earliest coronavirus that spread in New York City, for example, and you compare it with the Delta variant that's spreading now in Missouri, the, the one case in Missouri of a person with the Delta virus is transmitting it to more people in their communities than the original virus did one person in, in New York City spreading it to their community, right? So it's more transmissible, meaning one person transmits it to more people easier. It's also more um, pathogenic. It is causing um, more serious disease. So those are two components of the Delta variant that are very important to consider. It, it, it transmits easier and it's, it's, it's more dangerous in terms of the severity of disease. So Missouri is a very good example of that right now. It has low vaccination rates in certain counties, and that is where we're seeing this incredible rapid spread of Delta variant and new cases and even new deaths. 
So we are in a situation where we have a vaccine that works. We don't have enough people getting vaccinated to stop this rapid amplification of infections in communities. We will continue to see in communities with low vaccination rates, whether it's the Delta variant or a new variant, we will continue to see those places be impacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. And those are also the same communities where we're going to see new variants originate from. Now, of course, all of this is is kind of prefaced around the significant increase that we've seen across the country here in Central Florida and, and, and elsewhere in other states. Missouri is the one that you're mentioning uh, the significant increase in the number of cases. Uh, obviously, the Delta variant has a lot to do with that. I would argue that you you know, you've got all these states reopening. You've got uh, uh, capacity restrictions being lifted in, in sporting events and buildings. You you know, as we are are quote unquote returning back to normal life. Uh, they're now talking about a fourth surge of COVID. How do you uh, educate someone who is suspicious of the vaccine to begin with? How do you use this COVID variant and the surge that we're going through now? How do you, how do you use that information to make it real for these people who don't think it's important to get vaccinated? Yeah, that's a good question. So, Something that's very important for people to understand is that COVID-19 is an avoidable disease at this point. We have an effective vaccine that can protect an individual and also provide protection for communities. And while it is an individual choice to get vaccinated and understanding that if I get vaccinated, I am protected against severe disease of, of, of COVID-19, But the second point is, by me getting vaccinated, I will very much reduce the likelihood that I inadvertently transmit the disease or the infection to someone else who's not vaccinated or is immunocompromised and the vaccine that they did get did not um, mount a big enough antibody response so that they're actually still potentially at risk for disease. So it's just really important to understand that the vaccination, while it's a shot that goes in one person's arm, it has a lot more impact than towards that one person. Every individual is part of a community and individuals within a community are not safe from this disease until everyone in that community is safe from the disease. And the way to be safe from the disease is to get vaccinated. Now, there are a lot of questions around uh, around. Um, or a lot of reasons why people are hesitant about getting the vaccine. And and a lot of those are very um, important um, issues to address. And that's where every individual has, you know, has different concerns about getting vaccinated. Those are really chances to have discussions with their healthcare provider to really understand how their concern fits into a decision and also understanding that it is a decision for yourself, but it also is a very important consideration for us because we all live in various communities. We do not live in isolation, right? We live in communities where we, where we have our houses and apartments. We live in communities where we go to work. We live in communities where we go to a grocery store. We go, we live in communities of sporting events. We live in communities of schools. We, we live in communities of faith communities. You know, we, 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 we interact with various different communities. Now, each of those communities 
are a place where transmission can occur if people do not protect themselves and protect themselves from infecting others. So that's where returning back to normal, you know, in areas with low uh, vaccine um, uptake, meaning a low percentage of the population that's been vaccinated, returning to normal there is a misnomer. It is not returning to normal in those places. There, places where the vaccination rates are very low, that's not a, a place where you can lift restrictions without realizing that you're putting your community at major risk for amplified outbreak. And that's exactly what we're seeing across the United States. Those communities that have not, you know, um, gotten a lot of people vaccinated, where a lot of people have chosen not to get vaccinated, is where we're seeing these Delta variants, the Delta variant really explosively grow. So it's about everyone's considerations are different, but it is an opportunity to have those discussions with healthcare providers to really sort through um, getting it. But, you know, there's also issues around how many people have maybe not had easy access to getting the vaccine, as in they can't take time off work. They can't, you know, not clock in to, um, to miss a day of work because of feeling poorly after getting vaccinated or maybe the drive is too far and they don't have transportation. There's a lot of issues why people don't get vaccinated. And it's sometimes not only about personal choice, it's about circumstances as well, right? So there's a lot of different features that play into vaccine hesitancy. And it's important to understand within a localized community, what are the hesitancies? And really work from a public health angle to mitigate those. Well, and you talk about the reasons people cite for why they don't want to get vaccinated. One of the most common ones people use, and it's amazing how many people have become experts in onboarding brand new medicines. And their biggest concern is, well, you know, the FDA usually takes years to approve these drugs. This one was was approved in, in less than a year. And that they cite that as their concern. Uh, and obviously the medical community doesn't share that concern. How do you... Uh, how do you educate someone when that's their position? How do you explain to them that, listen, I, I know there's uh, the, the Guillain-Barre syndrome in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and then there's the blood clot uh, risk for, for you yeah. know, some women. But, but, I mean, these are fractions of a percent of the number of people who have been vaccinated. Yeah. How do you explain to people that those, that those weird outliers are not the reason why you should avoid getting the shot? Yeah, so a, a really important message there is around understanding risk and communicating risk effectively. So, for example, if you, if you, the blood clot one, women who take birth control pills are at higher risk of a blood clot than a person getting vaccinated. So in, in, in everyday lives, people are taking risks that um, could lead to the same outcome. And the risks of their, you know, taking birth control is just is, is, is and getting blood clots is much higher than the risk from getting it from a, the vaccine. So it's really understanding risks comparatively, and again, like the Guillain-Barre syndrome, that risk is so in, 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 so small compared to the risk of getting very sick or becoming a long hauler or dying from COVID-19. So it's really understanding what's my risk of of getting severely sick from COVID-19 or dying from COVID-19 or becoming a long hauler with complicated COVID-19 compared to um, getting Guillain-Barre or blood clots. And what people will find in that discussion with their physicians, for the most part, is that the risk associated with a vaccine is very, very, very low compared to the risks 
that they, 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 they have in the rest of their lives. So it's, again, understanding risk and having those discussions with their healthcare providers or with a public health practitioner in their locality. And unfortunately, you know, many of us find ourselves on the front lines of this fight trying to convince people, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my mother in particular, you know, she's 65 years old, has a number of comorbidities, but will not get the vaccine. And it's like, mom, you don't understand. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. And again, that's where I'd go back to really, I say, mom, I, you know, I will have a very hard time with you dying from a disease where you could have prevented this. Everyone's going to die, but, you know, I don't think your time is now. This is preventable. There is a vaccine. And yes, there's risk with vaccine, but there are also risks with every medication people take every day, right? Every day getting in a car, getting in a plane, all of those activities carry risk. This is an extremely minor risk. It's gone through very, very robust um, review, not just by the government. Many independent scientists and doctors have been involved with that FDA um, emergency use authorization approval. This is not just one person, one government. No, this is a collective group who has rigorously reviewed the data and they continue to rigorously review the data as this vaccine goes out within the population. And the reason, for example, for the warnings around blood clots is that so doctors, when they are working with their patients, if a person for other reasons has very, you know, is at higher risk of forming blood clots because of whatever conditions they have, then, you know, getting one vaccine over another vaccine is a, is a warranted conversation. But for the general population, those risks are so, so small whereas the risk of actually getting severely sick from COVID-19 or dying are much, much higher. Here we have a chance to reduce um, the risk of severe disease and dying. It is just very small thing to do to get vaccinated in comparison with what the potential terrible outcome could be. That would be a message to my mom. And to Dr. McDonald's point, it's not just about your mom or my mom or anybody as an individual because... The experts all say it's completely possible to have the virus, carry it, and transmit it, and be completely asymptomatic. So, you know, this really isn't just your decision. It's the decision that you should take to protect yourself, to protect your family, your friends, your loved ones, and everybody else in your community, everybody in the grocery store when you go to the store. And I'm telling you guys... If we don't get this situation under control, it's going to be back to wearing masks. It's going to be back to having things locked down. It's going to be back to having restaurants closed and businesses forced to be closed and people losing their livelihoods and more people losing their lives. But it's a decision everybody has to make on their own. If you're 20 years old in good health, you probably don't need the vaccine. But you also don't need to take the chance of spreading this deadly virus around your community. I say this all the time on Not In The Mood, govern yourselves accordingly. But instead of listening to idiots on social media sharing crap that isn't news, talk to a doctor, talk to a nurse, talk to a medical professional who understands this virus and understands vaccines. 
and I can guarantee you more than 9 out of 10 of them are going to tell you to get the shot.